Hello, Maverick fans. Welcome to another edition of the Mav Puck Cast. Mav Puck Cast back here in Omaha after a pleasant, cold Arizona at 60 degrees. It was weird. 60 degrees in January. John, how are you feeling being back home? Well, I got to tell you, despite the fact that it was in the 50s and low 60s when we were in the uh, greater Phoenix area, feels a lot better than Omaha right now. We're supposed to be in the midst of snowmageddon, but right now we're sort of in the midst of slushgeddon here in Omaha. It has not uh, it has not uh, accumulated the way that we thought, but uh, we had a great time, Jason, uh, and uh, I know you and I are going to be talking about our experience there in a little bit. But first up, we've got to give a plug to uh, our official merchandise sponsor on the Mav Podcast this season, Lawler's Custom Sportswear. Uh, the new year is a time for new gear. Uh, Jason, I know you uh, you got yourself uh, some new uh, new gear within the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I raided the store a little bit. Got the new uh, the new home jersey here. You were wearing that this weekend uh, when we were doing our uh, in-game updates. Jersey looks great, Jason. Uh, I'm glad you were able to pick that up from Lawler's Custom. And if any of you would like to pick up uh, the jersey that Jason is wearing, visit LawlersCustom.com. So turning to the Desert Hockey Classic, uh, the first UNO hockey action of the new year, uh, January 5th and 6th in Tempe, Arizona at Mullet Ice Arena. Uh Pretty cool to participate in a uh, in a holiday tournament. It's been a while since UNO has participated in one of those. I remember uh, over the years going uh, to the Denver Cup. It's fun to get a chance to do that again. So there was a, a good contingent uh, of UNO hockey uh, hockey fans there, along with uh, staff uh, from uh, the university and the alumni association. We were matched up uh, in the Friday game. Uh, we had the early game against UMass Lowell out of Hockey East. We previewed them in the last episode. Uh, the last 10 years under head coach Norm Bazin, uh, they have been a strong program out in Hockey East. They've had their struggles this season, but you know with a program that's had that kind of success, uh, we're going we're gonna to be facing a well-coached team uh, with some talented, uh, talented players and uh First period, UMass Lowell takes a one goal lead, and and then they keep that lead throughout the period. Jason, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit of a struggle. UNO seemed a little, uh, little holiday legged. Uh, you know, some of that travel maybe getting to them or so. It wasn't a terrible period, but it, it certainly was not our best effort. And um, you know, I was kind of thinking like, if they get the next one that might that might be the hard you know that's the uphill battle that that i don't know if we're ready for kind of thing um so i really looked for uno to come out in the second and get an early goal and they did 218 into the second uh junior forward zach erdahl the transfer from wisconsin who had not been in the lineup since november 19th ties things up one-to-one uh great to have him back uh he was battling an injury uh we found out just how many fans for UNO were in the arena uh, when he got that goal, Jason. Yeah. And they were, they were loud. That was one thing I noticed is the, the UNO fans, you know, we were, we were doing the cheers. We had the uh, member of the red army there kind of leading some things, student section over there. And, you know, UMass, like I, it, 
I didn't really hear a lot of them kind of going through those types of things. You know, you knew you'd get it with Arizona State if we faced them. Um, but it was it was a it was fun to hear all that stuff and to, and to be a part of that and and do the UNO cheers. And uh, yeah, you're right. It really did come out when we got that first goal and tied it up. Uh, UNO's Bill Pickett brought a contingent of students down. So certainly that helped a little over halfway through the second period. Uh, UMass Lowell's Isaac Janssen puts the Riverhawks up two to one. It's two to one UMass Lowell after one period. Like we said, not the ideal position for UNO to be in, but uh but uh, a good start. You could tell after the Erdahl goal, it seemed like the team was uh, working off some rust. And uh, and then we go into that third period, 541 into the third. Junior D-man, Victor Mancini, ties it up 2-2. Two to two. Uh, uh, He has been doing uh, a fantastic uh, impression of a forward this season. Uh, we've talked a lot about uh, his offensive prowess uh, this season. Yeah, I think he must be taking some acting classes, right? Getting his homework done. He gets out Absolutely. there and pushes the puck. And, you know, that's been, that's been a big thing for us, honestly. Like, look at how much of our offense comes from either plays out of the D, uh, D zone with the defenseman moving um, or those offensive, those point shots, things like that. We talked earlier in the season about, you know, having to get those pucks through. We struggled early on uh, getting those pucks through. We got a lot of them blocked and stuff. And, it you know, it's it's changed things a lot. I think a lot of that is is you know, like what Mancini did where he pushes the, he pushes the rotation of everything. You know, he's not just up there on the line. He starts coming down in off that wing, off the boards and stuff. And it just changes the dynamic for teams. It changes how they have to uh, defend the middle of their, their zone. And, you know, it, it, it's paid off a number of times for him. And even when it doesn't pay off, he had a couple good opportunities there in the second as well, that, you know, could have easily been goals just like his one in the third and, yeah, but it was it's always good to see him score. Absolutely right. Oh yeah, great player, great defenseman, a really good guy. We've had the chance to interact with him over the last few seasons and uh just a, a great young man. Uh, about 2 minutes later, senior Jimmy Glenn puts UNO up 3 to 2 on a power play goal. Uh, according to Brenton Bean, who's OMAV's hockey fan on Twitter, this is the first Power play goal in five games for UNO this season. The power play looked a lot better. I thought this in, in both games this weekend, um, you know, we're still, we're still looking for some, some production there. Um, but it was nice to see them kind of get the monkey off their back and get one in. Um, and it it's what you would expect. Like this team, just like I talked about uh, with Mancini's goal, like we're going to rely pretty heavily on those defensemen getting that puck through. Uh, and then you you need guys like Glenn and Miller and and that to be that net front presence. And you know if he can if he can be there to get goals, then great. That's gonna be that's gonna be good for us to have those guys kind of grind some of those out. Let Mueller and Lugkey and that stuff run stuff around the the perimeter and just uh, go to work. Absolutely. So about midway through that third period, uh, Lowell's. Owen Cole ties it up three to three on the power play. Uh, it stays three to three through the uh, rest of uh, regulation. And the game goes to the three on three, five minutes uh, overtime. Uh, certainly an entertaining uh, overtime period uh, in the closing moments uh, of that five minutes uh, overtime. Omaha's Griffin Ludke, the sophomore defenseman, uh, nets the game winner. Uh, 
Uh, he shoots that thing in the slot uh, off of a pass from Jack Randall. Uh, a very exciting uh, moment for Ludkey, who's been uh, doing really well this season uh, for UNO. Yeah, I think he's. It seems like he got sparked by his brother coming coming in, and the two of them, you know, being able to work together and you know be together and stuff on the on the team drives and things. And you know, I I, I can't imagine what that's got to be like for him to have family you know on the team and stuff like that and um, yeah he's he's been a surprise this season he's one of those guys that we didn't really expect a ton from um but three goals on the season you know he's getting that offensive production from the blue line um that that we need that we just talked about and that stuff and you know man the feeling that he must have been going through having scored the game winner that moves you on to the championship game is just uh, it's an exhilarating feeling. And, and so I'm really happy for the kid. Absolutely. Right. Uh, I know, uh, his relatives, uh, were in attendance for the game and, uh, I bet that was a lot of fun, uh, fun for them to see that. Uh, so UNO wins in OT four to three, uh, that meant, uh, that they were going to play in the championship game, uh, of the desert hockey classic on Saturday night. We had the, uh, Second game uh, of Friday nights, which was Arizona State and Harvard. Arizona State uh, ended up uh, handling Harvard pretty well. So uh, the Mavs ended up facing uh, Arizona State in that Saturday night uh, championship game. Uh, boy, that uh, first period on Saturday night was a high-flying first period. Uh, two very entertaining uh, teams to watch. A go at it 14 44 into the first freshman forward tanner ludke we just talked about uh his brother getting the uh, ot winner on friday but uh tanner gets the scoring started on saturday night he's a coyotes prospect so uh playing in what might uh, potentially be his uh, future nhl arena it's it, it's interesting Crazy that an nhl that. team yeah, I know. We'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. He puts UNO up one to nothing. Uh, he picked the puck up in the neutral zone, uh, gets behind Arizona State defenseman Josh Niedermeyer uh, and skates it into the offensive zone and uh, puts it away. A great way to start the game uh, for UNO, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. I thought we came out. You know, I know you and I talked and stuff about like Arizona's transition game is 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 really really good, and that was going to be a struggle for UNO to kind of keep them off that transition game keep their speed low and and things like that and UNO did a great job of it in the first uh you outshoot ASU you you know you do really everything you needed to do you kind of grind out the game play a lot of puck possession in their zone um generating chances creating movement you know force them to take changes on their transition instead of just being able to skate the puck out a really encouraging first period, even without the goal. And the goal was just icing on the cake at that point in time to be able to go into locker room up one nothing. Uh, UNO held that uh, one to nothing lead through the second period. We were hoping maybe they could add a goal. Coach Greg Powers of ASU obviously uh, made some adjustments uh, between the second and third period because uh, Arizona State looked good in that third period, and I thought we were on our heels a little bit. Arizona State had lots of good opportunities uh, in their offensive zone. They moved the puck puck around really, really well, uh, and 210 into that uh, third period. Uh, former UNO recruit Ryan O'Reilly uh, ties the game up. Uh, he had a really nice weekend. 
What did you think of UNO at that point? Because it's a very different game tied one-to-one than holding that one-goal lead. Third period was just, it was all, it seemed like it was all Arizona State. Like we couldn't get anything going right. They tie the game and then, you know, then you're just kind of holding on and hoping like we get maybe a lucky bounce or something and just couldn't, couldn't find our opportunities, unfortunately. Yeah, the Sun Devils definitely had the momentum uh, in that third period. Uh, So the game was tied uh, after regulation. Uh, It goes once again for UNO to that uh, five-minute three-on-three overtime. 143 into OT. uh, Arizona State's Kyle Smolin uh, puts in the game winner uh, from an assist by former UNO recruit Lucas Sillinger. Uh, It was uh, inopportune timing uh, on the change for UNO um yeah a little little bit a little bit i i mean i think you gotta you should have expected that change at that point in time and you know i think we just got honestly like when you got three guys out there there's not a lot of room for air and i think that our coverage got caught watching the puck too much and not accounting for players and the guy you didn't account for is the one making the change uh and like they had possession and that was, that was a big thing is once that possession turned over to them and they got that guy coming off the bench, it was, there was no man's lead. Like there's no way we were anywhere close to that stuff. And it's just, you know, it's unfortunate because the guys did fight back and they had some opportunities. Um, you know, they, they controlled the opening face off in, in the overtime and, and got a, a good rush right off of that. And so you thought, well, Hey, maybe, you know, maybe we can pull two in a row here and get, Griffin out there or Tanner out there and one of the two of them can just uh single-handedly take the <laughs> brotherly take the the team to to victory or something but uh so it's just it's hard I feel bad for the guys because it is a mental mistake and you know it's their fault and I'm sure that the guys on the ice are thinking the same thing like we we blew that we had it and we blew it and it's our fault and so I always hate it when they feel like that um you just never really want your team to kind of be in that situation, but you know, it's, it's unfortunate and it's still a good game. It was a great game to watch. And hopefully the fans that watched online uh, and the fans that did make the trip down to Arizona uh, enjoyed the opportunity to see it because I certainly did. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, A great way to start the new year for UNO. Uh, Look, it's UNO's uh, had some tough games against Arizona state uh, on the road uh, in Tempe. So, uh, so a good performance. Uh, Arizona State currently six at sits at sixteenth uh, in the pairwise, and they are unbeaten in their last ten games. After the weekend, UNO is ten six and two. The Saturday game is the first time UNO has lost a game with a lead going into the third period this season. But like we said, a very entertaining series, great performance, a great tone setter going into the second half grind uh, of the NCHC. Jason, I've got to ask you, who is your player of the week for UNO in the Desert Hockey Classic? Uh, that was a tough one. There was there's a few guys that stood out. I think um, you know, you can you can look to a couple that that probably we expected a little bit more of. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards, you know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Lakosi. Like I don't think that the goals that that were let in against UMass were really, you know, egregiously like his fault kind of things. Like, you know, there was one that I thought he kind of just, he really wasn't on his angle and and that's kind of why it went in. Um, The power play goal certainly wasn't his fault. You know, there's not much you can do in that situation. 
um, when when the pass comes across like that. And so, but he made some really really crazy saves uh, in that UMass little game, and and he did a lot to keep us in it in that third period of the the Arizona State game. So, um, there's a couple other guys I was kind of leaning towards, but I thought he he's probably a big reason why we were where we were. Um, this weekend, otherwise, I thought we could easily could have lost to UMass Lowell and not even, you know, been playing Harvard instead. So, yeah. How about you, John? Who uh, well, who stood out to you? Well, I'll just say on Simon, uh, when you look at that uh, that Saturday game against Arizona State, and you mentioned he really he really did save our bacon uh, during that third period. He had uh, 33 saves uh, during that game. Uh, he has a 2.44 goals against average this season and a 0.911 save percentage. Uh, very solid goaltender. We love uh, Simon Lacozzi. I think that that's a great pick. Uh, I'm going with junior forward Zach Erdahl. First of all, it's just great to see him back in the lineup. I really think we've missed him uh, uh, the past uh, few series uh, going into the Christmas break. So he was back uh, for the first time uh, since November 19th. Uh, he had uh, the first goal for UNO on Friday, and he has three goals and four assists this season. Uh, he's a real spark offensively, and he's the kind of guy uh, that we need to step up uh, and have success. A veteran forward played in the Big Ten uh, the past couple of seasons uh i hate to see those guys injured uh and out for uh any length of time jason uh yeah i mean the ideal situation is you have your whole team available to you and coaches have hard decisions on who plays and who sits so um getting him back certainly certainly was a spark and you know hopefully hopefully this was like his weekend to kind of work off some of the rust because when you come back from injury and stuff you you definitely do have some of that like getting a feel for what the game's like uh for a while there so absolutely big things to come in the future hopefully for him yeah i hope he uh i hope he has a solid second half of the season but turning to things you missed at mullet arena jason and i were there the first time we've gotten to see arizona state's new on-campus arena which they are sharing with the Phoenix Coyotes because of some sort of dispute with their actual NHL arena out in Glendale. I don't follow the Coyotes and I'm not a, I'm more, I'm a college guy as everybody knows. So I don't follow that story, but they are playing in a arena that sits a little over 4,000 people and is definitely not an NHL type of arena. So that must be very interesting for uh, Coyotes fans, but Obviously, we are talking about uh, this uh, Desert Hockey Classic at Mullet Arena and our experience there. Uh, before we headed over to the arena, there was a team send-off at the uh, Hyatt Hotel up the uh, up the street uh, from the arena that we attended. Got a chance to cheer and clap for the players uh, at the hotel uh, before they headed over to the arena. What did you think of that, Jason? It was fun. Hopefully, the guys appreciated seeing everyone there and... You know, I think back to the Augustana series and when, when so many people made the, the trip up the road, up 29 there to, um, to Sioux Falls to see that, like, it was nice because like in that, in that series, like I remember their, their faces after the game and seeing every, like all of us in that section. Um, and this was a situation where we didn't have that opportunity where like all of us could sit in, you know, in this section where we were friendly fire kind of thing right and so to know that we we're going to be scattered all over the the arena 
Yeah, I, I hope that the the team just appreciated that everyone was there and, and they took the opportunity. So many of them took the opportunity to go to the hotel and, and be like, hey, you know, we're still we're going to be there. We're going to be cheering for you. Yeah, it's nice to do those uh, kind of neat little things uh, to support the team when they're on the road, because you and O fans uh, don't travel on the road in big uh, college hockey fans in general, other than maybe North Dakota fans don't always travel a lot. So uh, it's nice to do that when we have a good contingent of fans on the road. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Bill Pickett, who's Omaha's director of spirit, tradition, and signature events, uh, brought a group of students down to the Desert Hockey Classic. Bridget interviewed him before uh, that game uh, at the player send-off. Uh, here's what Bill had to say uh, during that interview with Bridget. What time did you guys get to the airport? 4 a.m. All right, and what time uh, did you fly direct to yeah, we were out of Epley at 5.30 direct to Phoenix. So it, it was worth getting up early and getting here early because they've had some time to explore campus and get checked into the hotel and stuff. But it was an early morning. How many students do you have with you? There's 19 of us. That's outstanding. Yeah. And uh, obviously a great experience for them to get to come down and do this sort of thing. For sure. Who do you credit? Uh, who do you for that? Honestly, the biggest thanks would be all of the donors for our uh, Wear Black Give Back campaign. Uh, about 70% of our trip was paid for by donors, which was awesome. And then the students paid a little bit to come, but um, it's a once in a lifetime experience and opportunity for them. And we couldn't have done it without the donors that helped us out. And what else do you guys have planned while you're down here? They got to explore a little bit of campus. Do you have any other activities for them? We do. After the game today, we're going to the Arizona Mills Mall. Um, they're going to explore there, and we're going to go to dinner at Rainforest Cafe as a group. And then we kind of got to wait and see how the first game, you know, pans out to plan our schedule tomorrow. But we're hoping to do a couple activities in Phoenix. A couple of them want to go hiking um, and kind of explore the city. So tomorrow will be kind of a variety of activities going on. Um, the hotel has a great pool, hot tub, and stuff, so they want to kind of hang out and socialize around fire pits. So. It's, it's a quick two days, but it should be a fun and relaxing trip. One of the big things that we talked a lot about this weekend were the concession options within Mullet Arena. Um, there were three concession stands uh, on the main arena level, uh, a pizza stand, a burger stand, and a Shaq's big chicken stand, Shaq meaning uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Um, there was another stand tucked on the lower level, which I'm referring to as the entrance level of the arena, uh, in the northeast corner that was not open. It featured Philly sandwiches, and Jason and I really wanted that. <laughs> the one thing we really wanted in the arena, there was also a Wetzel's pretzels cart on the entrance level and a grab-and-go station. Uh, Jason got some pretzels. He and I uh, shared those on Saturday night. Uh, and Bridget and Jason both got uh, drinks at the grab-and-go stand on Saturday night, which we've talked about the grab-and-go stand before. We talked about it when UNO traveled to Augustana. Uh, it's a really a neat concept that I I kind of uh, kind of liked. Uh, Jason, what were your what were your thoughts on the concessions at Mullet Arena? Well, my first thought is, is what's this like for an NHL game? Because this wouldn't fly at any NHL game I went to. <laughs> There's not enough 
there's not enough space, there's not enough food, but I know they have fewer fans, so I guess uh, they make it work that way. But that was that was my first thought, and then you know, honestly, like I really wasn't. What was weird is like I wasn't impressed with any of the food that we had. You know, you had your uh, what was it? You had grilled cheese. Yeah, I well, I I guess huh. you could call that. I guess you could call that grilled cheese. That came from the Shack's big chicken stand, and it was basically toasted bread with cheese on it that didn't melt so if you're watching on youtube that's because you I'm didn't do the tomato your problem was you didn't put tomato on it who has tomato on grill i mean maybe that's one of shaquille o'neal's favorites but like i saw that it was grilled cheese with tomato and i'm like uh i don't want grilled I'm, i don't want tomato on my grilled cheese i i eat grilled cheese with cheese maybe bacon on the grilled cheese but not tomato so i ordered it without tomato and that was obviously a big mistake because it was completely unappetizing. And uh, as we talked about a few episodes ago, when we went up uh, to Duluth back in December, uh, Bridget got the grilled cheese dipper there. And that thing looked amazing. And Bridget got it both nights. It looked delicious. This definitely wasn't. I, I think you were probably impressed, Jason, that I actually ate that whole thing. I You did better than I. I don't know if I could have eaten that thing. <laughs> yeah that was and that was like i'm like okay well i'm not getting that and like i saw people with the fries and chicken strips and i'm like okay well i'm not getting that because that doesn't look appetizing either and so i walked over and i looked at the sliders and i'm like well the sliders are kind of uninviting as well they're like mini rolls and like i don't know hashed up like it just didn't look appetizing at all it was just like hamburger on a hawaiian roll kind of thing and i'm like all right well i'm not getting that so I ended up with a hot dog, which was not very good. Yeah. I mean, I will say that I've got to hand it to Baxter Arena as as much as we uh as much as we analyze the concessions. The selection was much but miles, miles, miles better. Way. Yeah. In the mapcook.com Facebook group, people talk about the popcorn prices at Baxter Arena all the time. It's uh it's become kind of a kind of a thing this season and so uh retired uno professor jeff french he got me a bag of the popcorn at mullet arena which was five dollars and fifty cents jason you and i you and i both sampled uh the bag of popcorn uh what'd you think of the popcorn we i think i thought it tasted a little bit stale right yeah and that's like that's the takeaway i think just in general is like as far as i was concerned the food quality way better the options way better at Baxter. The prices way higher at Baxter. So I think the question for fans is like, is it worth it? Kind of thing. I think is you know, I think you're getting, I think you're getting a better product. The question is just, is it worth the extra money or not? I guess. But yeah, the 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 popcorn gate is is pretty funny to keep track of. I think so. We're gonna have to uh, we'll have to see where that goes, you know, in the future. But yeah, I was not impressed with the quality of any of the food at uh, at the Mullet. Some other things we saw at Mullet Arena: uh, the mascot was rollerblading in the concourse before the Saturday night game. Uh, we've seen our mascot here and there skating out on the ice. Um, but we haven't seen the mascot rollerblading in the concourse at Baxter Arena, so that might be something worth trying it might be a harrowing journey for the mascot uh and uh and uh the uno hockey fans at baxter but 
that might be something that was be kind of neat to do. Uh, one of the things that Jason and I got a chuckle of was the amount of time that uh, Arizona State spent uh, promoting their uniforms on the video board, both Friday and Saturday night. Uh, what'd you think of the uh, promo for their, uh, for their uh, uniform? I think it was called, and I, I could be wrong on this. I did not write this down. Um, but if you're watching this on YouTube, I've got the recording. I think they referred to this as their digital flame Jersey that they're wearing yeah. this season. I, you know, I'm really curious next year when the when they enter the NCHC uh, if any of this changes because they're clearly more into the uh, special jerseys and you know like not to, not to knock it but you know like this is pretty basic it's like it's the it's the bullhead it's on you know or it's the the Omaha logo and it's on a you know white jersey or a black jersey and so like there's not years of like not a whole lot that goes into it and stuff and. Like they're way out there, you know. They're not like Chrome Helmet, Oregon kind of thing, but they're—it's pretty crazy what they're what they're doing with their jerseys and how far they're going. And so, um, I'm curious to see when they come to NCHC if they do something uh, really far out there for their jerseys. You know, I was honestly disappointed that we, you know, didn't get to see two different uh, uniform combinations this weekend because uh, I was looking forward to that since that's kind of become their kind of become one of their calling cards in uh, college hockey. So yes, we'll have to see how that goes when they're uh, playing us uh, in the NCHC next season. Uh, one of the things Jason loved about Mullet Arena was the uh, sound system volume as Jason likes that thing cranked up. So I've got to, you know, yell at him during the game when we're talking. Jason just wants to sit there quietly enjoy his beer and watch the game and listen to the listen to the music uh, and the PA announcer at a nice volume uh, I told you though like how much is it like how nice is it that like you can feel the energy in the arena like you feel it you don't you cannot go to mullet arena and and I got to imagine it's the same with the coyotes game because I can tell you going to avalanche games and seeing other teams you know like the capitals oh my gosh like that place is rocking um the Ryzen center out there so like you can't tell me you weren't like you you could just sit there and be like as eh, like you could feel it you know they pump that music in there and the i mean the goal horn the number of times like i know it's coming and it still makes me like jolt and i'm like that's what I, I like that. I want, I really want Baxter just to like crank that thing up and just blow us all out. And I do not. I, I, <laughs> I want it in a low volume so I can sit and chat with Bridget and chat with everybody else around us. So, uh, so Jason and I are uh, diametrically opposed on that topic. Uh, so we'll have <laughs> to see what transpires at Baxter. And then finally, we want to talk about the goal song. After Arizona State scores a goal at Mullet Arena, it's kind of a stylized version of Hey Baby, which I don't know what you think about that. I tend to be a collegiate purist. I really prefer having a band there. Um, 
and have them play the fight song. But there were a number of years where UNO did not have a bandit game. So, uh, so I certainly understand that. I don't know if Arizona state normally has a band at their games. It was obviously uh, still the holiday break going on there. Uh, what'd you think of that uh, goal song, Jason? Uh, it's gotta be one of the weirdest goal songs I've ever experienced. Like, it's just, it's, it's almost melodic. It's like, usually a goal song is like, it's amp jump pump. It's, it's like, you know, get you off your seat, get you rocking and, like even the fans that were into it, and I'm like, what is this? Hey, baby! Like, what are we? What are we talking about here? And then I mean, after they get through all of that, John, then you got the monologue that happened in the student section for taunting the goaltender. You know, like I want to go back to Baxter and hear the Red Army taunt him for like, you know, sieve, 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 not like. No joke, this thing's like a three-minute monologue they're running through, and I can't understand half of it. There was a lot going on with that uh, that taunt uh, of the goaltender, and I didn't understand what they were saying either. So, uh, hey, if it works for them, great. You know, I to each their own, right? Um, That's what we'll get to deal with in the NCHC next year. For those wondering, uh, when we were looking around the arena, I... Uh, I compared it to the Mid-America Center in Council Bluffs. Uh, Jason compared it to Ralston Arena here in the Omaha uh, metro area. So I guess I would kind of say uh, for Omaha fans wondering what Mullet Arena is like, it's kind of like the Mid-America Center and Ralston Arena had a baby. And this is what came out. Uh, I have a feeling down the road, Jason, that they will at some point you know when they're able to raise more dollars that they will probably go back in and, and do some renovations and uh, enhancements to the arena because it was a very interesting arena you went in and there really was not a formal like lobby area like you'll see in a, a lot of the college hockey uh, arenas around the nation yeah that was one of the big takeaways for me was like there's no grand entrance there's no main area you know and then when you come in it's kind of like we went up the first set of stairs and you're like halfway in the, the section. And so then you go up the stairs with the rest of the section to get to what was the main concourse. And so that was a little odd. And then we found out that like, if we went around the corner from where we came in, then you could go up and we tried a different entrance on Saturday and it still kind of just felt like it just kind of felt weird. Like it didn't feel like that usual, you had that feeling you get when you just kind of walk in and it's like, you're here. Now it's kind of like you walk in, you're like, where do I go now? Yeah, absolutely right. So uh, good starting point for this program. Uh, it should be an exciting place for uh, NCHC uh, fans uh, to visit uh, during the regular season uh, starting next year. Um, and one more thing I wanted to mention that uh, I really liked how they have these. I don't even know how to describe them. They're like these tall poles that you hold your phone up to with your digital ticket open and you just tap it and it gives a green light when the ticket's ready to go and you can head on into the game. Uh, it's it's a really slick thing. I hope UNO gets these some days because right now UNO is still having to use their little scanners and hold them close to your phone to scan. But this was nice because you just put the phone up. It read that you had the ticket. So you just tapped it there and you were ready to go, Jason. Yeah, or if you're pulling it up on the browser or something, there's a barcode reader on the bottom that you just hold it under and it reads the barcode. I know we saw some of the people coming in 
Um, I'm used to that because that's the way the ball arena in Colorado has been that way for a few years now where it's almost self-service where you just walk up, tap green light and you go in. Um, and most people that I've watched in those things don't have issues with it. And then every once in a while you get someone whose phone's not working right. The NFC's not going, the barcode can't be read or something. And the arena staff have to come over and kind of help with that. And so I mentioned to you, like, what I really like about it is, is that the majority of fans, particularly season ticket holders who are going to go through this, you know, multiple times in a season, you know, they're going to be the ones you just don't have to worry about. You just, it just goes, it flows, it walks right up, right in. And they use Ticketmaster just like we do. So I agree. Hopefully uh, UNO can, can invest in some of those things and, you know, it will help with the flow coming into Baxter arena. Yep. It'll definitely help uh, if they get those at some point down the road with uh, hockey games, the other uh, UNO athletic events and the concerts because UNO hosts quite a few concerts uh, during the year. So yeah, a fun time uh, checking out the uh, arena down there. And I know uh, in the future uh, we will be back because, because we had uh, a great time, but Turning to our next series, it's against our travel partner in the NCHC, North Dakota. We travel on the road up I-29 to Grand Forks to take on the North Dakota Fighting Hawks at Ralph Ingolstadt Arena. North Dakota is 14-5-1 this season. They are 3-3 three and three in their last six NCAA games. Uh, They're coming off a sweep of Alaska Fairbanks on January 5th and 6th at the Ralph uh, North Dakota head coach, Brad Berry, which uh, UNO fans are very familiar with is 194, 97 and 32 in his career with North Dakota. Uh, North Dakota is currently in second place in the NCHC with 18 points. We have nine points in NCHC play this season. So this is an opportunity for us uh, to pick up some conference points. It's a couple players uh, to watch uh, senior goalie Ludwig Pearson, uh, who transferred in from Miami of Ohio uh, has started 18 games for the fighting Hawks this season. He has a 2.21 goals against average and a 0.909 save percentage. Uh, he seemed to have UNO's number uh, when he was playing uh for the Red Hawks down in uh, Oxford, Ohio. So we'll see how he does against us uh, this upcoming weekend. And junior forward Cam Berg, a former Maverick, uh, has appeared in 20 games this season. He is third on the team in points, has nine goals and 10 assists. He is 19th uh, in the NCAA in faceoffs one. Uh, Jason, we were really sad to see Cam Berg leave the Mavericks. We got to meet him at the dinner with the Mavs. Really nice kid. Uh, uh, you know, he's having success at North Dakota, but, but we don't want him to have too much success against uh, UNO this upcoming weekend. Yeah. You always, you know, former Mav, I always wish him the best, you know, you never know what leads into them leaving. And I wish he would have been able to perform like this when he was down here. Cause we never saw any shades really of this. You know, here and there, maybe a, a glimpse of something, but yeah, I mean, almost a point per game player for for North Dakota. You know, it's just it's just unfortunate. I think that that he didn't uh, he didn't have that here. The guys I'm watching though, um, Jaden Perron, freshman forward, 
Uh, he shoots the puck a lot. He's tied uh, for the team lead in, in shots. And um, so he's, he's clicking about half a point a game. He's a guy to watch. Uh, he's one that if you focus too much on their, their top line, he's that guy that seems to kind of slip in there and hurt teams um, when they, when they don't balance out. And so I keep an eye on him and then crossing fingers. Last time we have to talk about Reese Gaber and hopefully he graduates and moves on to something else that doesn't involve scoring big goals against UNM. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Reese Gaber, uh, one of the finest uh, forwards uh, in the NCHC, the past, uh, the past few seasons uh, has 11 goals and nine assists. Uh, He's second in points on the team. And then, you know, one more player, I mean, lots of talented forwards as you and I uh, are alluding to here, uh, on this uh, Fighting Hawk team, uh, sophomore forward Jackson Blake has 11 goals, 13 assists, 24 total points, uh, first on the team, uh, really talented forward. So they definitely have uh, a lot of firepower and uh, a team like North Dakota that plays an aggressive four check. They're willing to run up and down the ice with you. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how UNO does. Jason, what's your prediction uh, for this weekend up in Grand Forks? Do you think yeah, I mean split? up and down the roster for North Dakota, you've got NHL recruits all over the place. So they're they're balanced attack, their quality goal scoring, their quality players all over the place. Um, I think their biggest Achilles heel is the goaltending. So a key to victory is going to be Simon Lakotsi's got to be better than the person. Um if if we're gonna even stand a chance. Um, but unfortunately my prediction is, is that North Dakota wins them both. I think at home, um, with their fans chasing the top spot in the, the NCHC, you know, they're, they're a club that always expects to be there and they're going to see this. And just like I've said before about Omaha, like you want to be there, you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. They're supposed to beat us. And they're, they're a team that typically doesn't play down to their competition, um, I think we'll make the first game close. I think that that we'll sh- we'll surprise them a little bit. You know, I think we can take a lot of what we learned from Arizona State uh, and and apply that to how to play North Dakota. Um, so I think we lose a close one on Friday, but I think once we lose that close one, Saturday might get away from us. Absolutely, goal scoring is always an adventure for UNO. You never know what's going to happen. I'm going to say in this series that UNO follows kind of a pattern that developed in the first half of the season. I'm going to say we lose on Friday night and I'm going to say we come back, make adjustments and get it done on Saturday night in a close tight game that goes down to the wire at the end of the third period. Should be interesting to see Uh, game times. The uh, Friday game is at 7.07 p.m. Central time. The Saturday game is at 6.07 p.m. Uh, Central Time. You can listen to the games uh, on the radio at uh, 1290 Coil or on the Varsity Network app. And of course, uh, you can watch both games on NCHC TV. Uh, Should be an exciting uh, series uh, to start off the second half of NCHC play. Jason and I, uh, of course, are excited uh, to see what happens and be sure to follow uh, Mav Puck on Twitter and Facebook during those games this upcoming weekend. But until next time, Jason, go Mavs. Go Mavs.